Uh, we do have Nick Kunzi from Sunlam Private Wealth uh, with your market analysis uh, this afternoon. Nick, good afternoon. Thank you for joining yes. us. Good afternoon. All right, Nick, so let's talk about um, very interesting company news coming out this mm. morning. But I think the biggest shocker for me is certainly Telcom. Yeah. Um, they're reporting a 50%. I think it's more than 50% fall. Yeah. yeah and, th and that's in profit. Um, what is possibly going wrong at Telcom? Well, quite a, well first of all, it's, it's stuck in, a, in, a, in an industry that's going from certainly from, from high growth to possibly X growth. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they, a few years ago, they pivoted, rightly so, they pivoted from, from mobile telephony, from, uh, sorry, fixed line to mobile telephony, uh, which was the right strategy at the time. But now with uh, inflation creeping up, with margins getting suppressed, that industry, if you look at Vodacom's results, that industry tells exactly what it, that's not exactly the right place to be right now. So they're stuck in a bit of a sort of a rock and a hard place. And then obviously this is against a backdrop of looking for doing some deal. MTN walked away a few weeks ago. There was quite acrimonious sort of separation as well. That talks fell through. There's no, I noticed there's no commentary on rain that they were supposed to be talking to as well. So they're just, in, they're just not in a great spot right now. They've got the market going against them and they've got the deal making going against them too. Well, the interesting thing is that the telecom space is changing. So we see like mm. MTN turning into a bit of a fintech business yep. and Vodacom also, they've got their um, SME lending business. They're mm -hmm. also doing some um, tech stuff on the continent. So why has Telcom not had the edge to, to diversify? Because that's exactly what um, their competitors are doing. Well, I don't think they needed to at the time. You know, they were quite comfortable with uh, a lot of a lot of the work from home certainly benefited them. A lot of people putting fibre in under the ground. They've got a lot of the fixed line fibre business, which I think is what attracted the likes of MTN to talk to them anyway. They wanted that business. So they didn't need to. But uh, they're a little bit now, you find themselves sort of a sort of a one-trick pony. They're going to need to diversify, exactly like you said. You know, the MTN's got a very exciting fintech, that platform they're launching, what they're doing in Nigeria, the banking license, you can go on and on about it. Whereas Telecom, like, what are you doing? You, know, you need to reinvent yourself here. And they're not. So, yeah, that's unfortunately why. And, and the market's voting with their feet. You know, stock down, I think, 9% or 6% now. So. Yeah, and staying with telecoms, Vodacom. Mm. Um, revenue's up, but profits are down. So there's an inverse relationship there. Um, what's happened on this income statement mm. that has seen um, it go in opposite directions? I think with Vodacom, uh, it's the environment we're currently in. If you look at the, the, the reporting period they're reporting in, I don't think uh, load sharing has helped at all. In fact, they referred to the, the, the cost of diesel at their, their booster stations. That didn't help. Um, and then they also spoke again that, that word we hear about a lot in the, in the reporting season now is inflation. Inflation's a problem. We've had a lot of their, they said their subscribers have sort of downsided to different packages. So a little bit of a, unfortunately, this is a, the rub from what the, the world economy is actually doing. Not a bad set of numbers, but uh, certainly, again, this particular market going certainly from higher growth to a much slower growth. And you could say that um, as they grow market share, then what they are actually taking over is um, poss possibly disgruntled customers that are leaving mm. Telcom, that are mm. leaving Salsi. Because as you said, the market isn't necessarily growing. So no. you aren't seeing these numbers from really new. No, you're not getting new subscribers and, and people are looking to save pennies as well. So that you're getting, again, really to in, in these numbers from Vodacom, that margin suppression too. So all in all, just not bad set, mm -hmm. but it is a slowing environment and a slowing space they're operating in with a higher inflation environment. All right, and where we are seeing um, Great performance, you said, off, off airs. Um, ShopRite, mm. that, that formula seems to be working for this business. 
cracking set of numbers, you know, 20% increase, uh, local numbers are great, the, their numbers in, in what they've left uh, offshore outside of our borders also increased 14% up. Uh, wasn't just the liquor side that was increasing, it was across the spectrum. The only downside, furniture was a little bit slow, mm -hmm. but overall really good set of numbers. And uh, uh, just, just showing what a dominant leader they are um, and a dominant player they are, contrary to what we're seeing elsewhere. So. Uh, not just the, the company news I take from this, I certainly take some positive impetus that the, the side from consumer is actually looking okay. Yes. Uh, which is great. So overall, I just think a glowing, glowing set of numbers, stock up as well. Yeah. I'm sure you'd have to compare it to the likes of Pick and Pay and mm. but is it possible, Nick, that also because they also offer discounts, you know, mm. and the South African consumers are looking for yeah. discounts and they're finding them at ShopRite and that's really what's mm. going to thrive in an environment that we're seeing right now? Yeah, so, so that particular in high inflation environment and, and the cost of living, that, that basket getting a little bit more expensive, people are technically shopping down. Whereas uh, what ShopRite's quite good at doing though is that they, they seem to have captured quite a wide spectrum of the LSM group. So it's not just the lower discount shopping, it's the high end too. Um, and I think they've got that right. And uh, well, these numbers speak for themselves, really good set of numbers. All right, let's move on to Purple Group. Um, their most interesting part of their business for me is Easy Equities. Yeah. Um, it seems that people are trading on Easy Equities mm -hmm. and they're getting more people on there. Does that mean people are starting to understand equities? Is what we do becoming more relevant, Nick? <laughs> I, think, I think what Easy Equities have done well, and kudos to the team over there, is, is the education side. Mm -hmm. You know, they're making, uh, they're educating the, the average person about investing in the market, which I think is fantastic, uh, making our job a lot easier to sell our products. Product. Um, and what they're also doing well is, is they, they caught it on to the right time with regards to costing. You know, their, their fees are very reasonable, their, their ability to track, um, to allow entry into the market is very good. Where they will, they, they backed quite a bit on, on the sort of crypto space too, mm -hmm. the attraction with that. And I think that's got a little bit of bad press. We don't have to go too much into that yeah. too, so that <laughs> might knock them a little bit. Mm -hmm. But uh, but overall, it's, uh, it, it's operating in the right space. I think the R&D is going to start to hurt them a little bit as they, they spend more and more. So which is, explains why the stock's probably sort of sub two rand at the moment. I expect that to to stay that way until the, the spending uh, sort of slows down a little bit. But all are an okay set of numbers, but uh, the market there is changing a little bit. Yeah, I think let's just talk about the RAND. Um, mm. I was shocked to see the RAND enjoying um, such strength still. Still on the back of US inflation data, um, so just the weakening of the dollar. Is that what the RAND is um, really seeing right now? So the RAND has, has definitely got a, a bit of a tailwind behind them. For mm -hmm. the first time in a, in a long time, a little bit of good news. So yes. we've had uh, medium to budget, very well received internationally and locally, great set. Commodity uh, tailwind still happening. We're still seeing commodity prices. In fact, the last couple of weeks, really good. Precious metal basket looking good. Copper back up over 8,000. So that uh, is is positive news for the fiscus and then of course you just touched on it now last week thursday cpi number came in under eight percent still high but certainly rolling over so if we get a little bit of weakness there too and then to the two big unknowns for me as well is is um if we get uh, some positive news out of uh, russia and the ukraine they've talked there's rumors of a peace talk coming that's positive and then, of course, last week, we've had also good news out of China, the yes. reopening place too. So emerging market risk on. Mm -hmm. So all those things fed into a positive impetus for the most tradable emerging market currency, which is the RAND. Uh, so local and offshore going in our favor. So uh, 
it might be a, a good finish till Christmas for the rand. Yes, and let's talk about, I'm talking about China um, and just the impact that that's had on the JSE. Last week we saw um, lots of headwinds yeah. just on, you know, the, the, the volatility of that situation. So I'm just concerned about um, our own, our market security mm. as investors, as a little investor yeah. myself, is that the, the, how much of the volatility in China should matter to us, Nick? It, I think it matters to everyone. It's the world's second biggest economy. Um, we tend to brush it aside because it's China, it's still a communist country, but it, it's, first of all, for South African investors, for South African pensions, we, we, we've all got a vested interest in it through a holding of, of Nuspers and Process and exposure to yeah. 10 cents. Uh, so we all do have an interest in whether we, whether we know it or not. Uh, and from a, as I said, from a worldwide point of view, the second biggest economy, you want to see it come right. Mm. Um, and it looks like the, the sort of a, the, the Droctranian measures of, of lockdowns they're starting to realise is not working. So we, we got news over the weekend that, uh, that they're going to lift a little bit, they're going to reduce it from I think 10 days to 5 days, whatever it is, uh, for quarantining, that's coming back a little bit. So we all need the world to open up. Is volatility going to stay? Yeah, I think it probably is. Um, but certainly looking a lot better for Chinese investors and for us in South Africa. All right, I think very interesting. We'll be watching the Chinese um, aspects of the economy. It's very stressful for me, I must admit. Okay, your stock pick is Glencore. Tell us yep. why. So Glencore, again, going with that little tailwind uh, with, with commodities at the moment, that weaker dollar is going to benefit the diversified miners. Uh, and then I like the electric vehicle, the, the, the green energy play too. So, so where Glencore has, where others also have, but they've got a much bigger basket. So they've got the copper exposure, which is quite big. You can also get it through uh, the likes of Anglo-American, but Glencore's got a big exposure. Also cobalt, the cobalt margins of, of basket is very big too, used in the batteries and the lithium deposits as well. So they've got, they've really leaned towards that space. And I think as we do a, a shift towards alternative energies, um, Glencore certainly positioned very nicely and they're not expensive either. And Nick, would you say that the, one of the best things to do right now, um, as a little investor myself, mm. is wherever there's green metals, go in and, and stay? Uh, okay, it's Conversation for another day, but uh, <laughs> um, certainly if it, that is where things are going to pivot towards mm -hmm. and uh, don't forget valuation. There are some, a lot of green energy shares that look good, but they're expensive. So okay. valuation still matters for little investors like you and I. <laughs> yeah, right. Thank you so much. That was Nick Kinsey from Sandlin Private Wealth.